As we're starting to chart out the next year of gold and great, please take two to three minutes to head on over to collabsf.org slash podcast. That's collabsf.org slash podcast. Collab with a K. To take a quick survey to let us know how to make this show better and continue to serve our community. Thanks so much. Welcome to Golden Grade, Collaboration SF's podcast empowering Asian American stories from the Gold Rush to the Gold Open. My name is Elsa. And I'm Long. Hey, Josh Coe here, executive producer of Gold and Great. Collaboration Star 2019 is coming up and features six AAPI artists representing Los Angeles, Atlanta, and guess what? San Francisco. Selected through our annual nationwide search for up-and-coming musicians and performing artists. This year's showcase and party features guest performers like Megan Dia, Ruby Abara, Sean Evaristo, and Asian F. It's all taking place at Cafe Club Phi Doo Doo in L.A. on Saturday, December 7th. You can get more info and buy your tickets at collaboration.org slash star 2019. That's collaboration with a K slash star 2019. To commemorate, we're excited to share our extended conversation with collab associates Samia Manga, Sarah Dang, with our Bay Area Showcase winner, Chase Blue. Hi, I'm Samia. Hi, I'm Sarah. Um, so can we please have our special guest please introduce yourself and just tell us a little about where you're from and what style of music that you kind of have. Yeah, hey everybody, my name is Alex. Uh, I go by Chase Blue, short for Chase Blue Skies. Um, and I'm originally from San Jose, uh, been in the Bay Area for a long time. Uh, and my style of music is hip hop and rap. So uh, you're talking about like your passion for music came later on. So like what came first, your product design or music? Uh, so for me, it was definitely music, actually. Um, so I think I found music and just poetry in general, probably around grade school. Uh, I specifically remember being in fourth or fifth grade and just staying up and writing like the corniest poetry you've ever heard. Uh, and so that's when it started for me. And then it wasn't until after that that I think I started getting into music. Um, design for me is actually something really late. I actually just made a career switch last year. Um, and so I wasn't in design before that. And so actually that career switch was specifically because I wanted to find something really creative in my day to day too. Um, cause I felt like that's something I wanted to channel. Um, yeah. Um, who inspired you to create music or like what motivated you to, um, go from poetry into music? Uh, so one of my more embarrassing stories about that is, yeah, so I was staying up in fourth or fifth grade writing really, really corny poetry. Uh, sixth grade, uh, the girl I had a crush on, I uh, decided to show out of everybody uh, her my really, really corny poetry. And her first response was, oh, that's really good. Uh, you know, sometimes people who write poetry rap. And then I was like, I don't know what rap is, but I need to do it now. And that's when I like stayed up all night and I was listening to rap for the first time. And I started, um, you know, talking my poetry along with the song and stuff like that. And that's when I started getting into it. And that's when I actually started kind of delving into rap. So that more or less was kind of my inspiration for it. 
Who are the first artists that you listened to that like turned you on to rap? Oh man, the very first artist. Um, I think at the time when that happened and I was like, I need to figure out what rap is. I think I just looked at whoever was popular at the time, which I think was when Linkin Park um, was getting pretty mainstream. And so Mike Shinoda was probably like my first exposure to that. Um, and then I think I just kind of went from there and I just kind of started digging and digging more. And so then I got turned on to Jay-Z and like DMX and those others. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of what started it, I think. Awesome. For your um, audition, did you have, how do you create your own music when you were, did you use their beats, like Jay-Z's beats? Or um, how did that process go for you? Uh, so just in general, whenever mm-hmm. I'm like doing songs. Um, so I think one thing that I definitely struggle with is that um, for me, it's always just been about writing and performing. Um, so I know there's a lot of other super talented people who can do everything. They can make their own beats, etc. Um, but I feel like for me, my skill is pretty limited in that specific area. So I'm definitely always looking for beat makers. Um, and um, so I think like it either happens one of two ways. Um, I'm always just kind of jotting down things and scribbling and always just coming up with stuff. And so there are times where I like will write a whole song and then it's just looking for the beat to match it to. Um, And there are other times where nowadays I feel like um, it's so great because there's so many producers that just put out their stuff online and it's the way they make a living too. Mm -hmm. And they'll just lease out their beats. And so now there's just like quite a few um, producers that I think are really great that I that I um, follow all the time. And so I spend like quite a bit of time. Um, just kind of digging through their stuff and their work and, and seeing which ones pop out and stand out to me and I want to bring in the studio. So, What are your, some of your favorite producers? Um, so No ID, um, I would say, is one of my favorites. So he produces a lot for um, like Common, um, and Common is one of my favorite rappers of all time. Um, I think my style is changing up a little bit. Um, I used to be extremely, extremely into soul, and especially outside of uh, hip hop, uh, the Motown era is my favorite um, genre of music. And so um, a lot of times I was always looking for soul influences. I still love soul, soul influences, but I really love like gospel influences too. So when Chance came on the scene, um, Chance the Rapper is right now stylistically probably who I look up to the most. And I think also because he really kind of stretches the boundaries of um, what, like, uh, you know, typical hip-hop is, too, so. For your audition piece, Peace of Mind, how did you write that song? Like, one came first, the lyrics or the music? That one, um, I remember I was digging through a few producers. I found that song, and it just popped to me. And um, that was one of those where once I heard it, I just had it on repeat um, for days and days. Um, and so I think that was one where I like just jotted down like a couple pages to it. And so it was more like skimming things down and figuring out, um, you know, um, what I actually wanted to include in it. So did you create it in like your own home studio or do you have a place that you usually write? So I keep on thinking about having like a home studio (laughs) and getting good equipment. To be honest, like right now it's just kind of, um, you know, I have like decent speakers and, um, I think like my writing style is like I in order to start writing and feeling it I really have to be immersed mm-hmm. so it's usually like somewhere where I can blast the music pretty loud mm-hmm. and kind of step into step into it and just kind of get lost in it um, and so I think other people would just be like it's overwhelming but for me it's like I need to 
almost like sense like I'm inside of the song mm -hmm. and that's when I can start writing it and feel like I'm almost like living inside of it so that's the way that I kind of see it that's really cool because for me when I'm listening to music it's it's hard to listen with just hear at headphones in yeah I, you almost have to have really good speakers in order to actually hear the song so it's really interesting for you to say that yeah and I think like so the thing is like I'm not I don't have a trained ear at this at all because when I go into the studio and I'm recording with engineers like they're noticing stuff and pointing things out to me that I, I don't notice at all, right? Mm -hmm. But one thing I can definitely tell is that when you listen to it with real speakers, like for instance, like the studio speakers will be the best, right? There's so many layers that the artists are putting intentionally in there that you don't even notice. There's like a note or like a trailing voice or something that's in the background that's just this minor layer that you can't even tell unless you're listening with those speakers that give it that depth and texture mm -hmm. and so that's why sometimes like there are songs that I listen to on my normal speakers and I'm like oh that's good and then I go into the studio and I hear it and there's like a whole new like texture to the song that I didn't hear mm -hmm. um, so anyways I think like that's part of it is yeah. like it's almost a joy to hear good stuff on completely new speakers and nice speakers mm -hmm. yeah so who would your like dream collaboration be like if you could work with anyone with anyone yeah uh so i mean i guess right now i would say chance i mean mm -hmm. that that list is really long but um yeah i think like i chance's stuff i i feel like he is able to stand out in ways that other people don't and um even on his collaborations like he released like an ed sheeran collaboration the other day that I thought was amazing. And the stuff that he hears um, in the song is stuff that I can't hear at all. Um, and so I think like it's amazing to one in collaborations to be able to hit the audience with a completely different style and to switch it up between the two of you. But also I think like if you walk away like with your mind kind of being blown in hearing something that you didn't hear at all in the song and you can take that with you, I feel like that's another mark of like a great collaboration. So I think I would really want an artist that kind of stands out for me in a different way mm -hmm. and that we can kind of stretch each other. Yeah, so. um, I know like that song Cross Me is the yeah. one. I really liked it and like I like the cross genre. So like how do you try to incorporate all your other influences like R&B and soul into your rap music? Yeah, um, I don't know to be honest. I think I'm still figuring that out and it's something that I'm always stretching myself to do um, because I know that um, if I if I'm not careful or if I'm not intentional about it I can easily fall into um, my own patterns and styles that I've always like kept with so I think for me one it's constantly like listening to like a pretty wide variety of music um, because there's definitely the stuff that I enjoy personally but um, I also do want to stretch myself and um, and make sure to listen to music that kind of stretches what I hear in songs too. Um, so I think, yeah, one of it, one thing is just exposing myself to a lot of variety of music. And then um, a lot of times I'll be writing something and I'll actually take a step back and realize like, um, hey, I've been writing things in a really similar way um, for a while and let me try to attack this from like a completely different way. So I think it's hard because you have to be kind of intentional about stretching yourself yeah. and mindful of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Would you say that open mics would help you kind of expose yourself to different styles of music? Because I know that there's a lot in like the Bay Area. And so how would, have you been to one? Do you perform at some? So I've been to a couple. I haven't performed at one in a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I think open mics are great. Um, and I think just supporting local artists in general is super great. Um, there's another org that I just experienced for the first time, um, So Far Sounds. 
um, where um, the organization, they've been around for a long time, but essentially they host kind of house concerts um, for local artists. And so um, I went for the first time a couple weeks ago and my mind was blown because the artists were just so amazing and they were so varied in terms of mm-hmm. genre. Um, and so there's just like so many different people with different styles um, and different sounds um, that are out there, um, like especially on the local scene too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like what is the music scene here like in the Bay Area? And like, do you have any specific local artists that you just love and would love to work with? Um, I can't say necessarily anyone specific comes to mind. Um, I think I'm just starting kind of to dive into what the local scene is. Um, and I think especially in hip hop, I'm still kind of figuring out what the local scene is. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like so far is like a great way into that and hopefully seeing more hip hop people through so far. Um, and, um, yeah, I feel like not anyone that specifically comes to mind right now. As an Asian American male, kind of going on to the that hip hop scene and rap scene here in the Bay mm-hmm. Area, how would you kind of, what motivates you to represent this minority group, but also be a part of it? And how does it feel for you to keep producing these styles of music? So um, one thing is, I think what I definitely struggled with um, growing up and as I was getting into music is just, I kept asking myself, what does success look like here? Um, Which I think is like something that all Asian Americans ask themselves a lot, Mm -hmm. but it's really hard because I didn't have a clear idea of what that could be. And I think it's also because there isn't a clear representation of that necessarily, right? Mm -hmm. There wasn't necessarily someone that I could point to, um, you know, on a huge major level that I could say, um, you know, this is what success looks like to me. Um, so I think that's part of it is, um, you know, I don't know exactly where music will lead me and I'm very focused on like, if it's not fun, then, then it's not doing music. Right. And so I want to make sure that I'm always enjoying my music, but in terms of like what success looks like, I think one is as Asian Americans, like start to kind of climb that ladder. Um, it opens up avenues, both logistically Um, from like a business perspective, but I think it also opens up avenues from an inspiration perspective Mm -hmm. because the people that are affected as Asian Americans start climbing that ladder are the people like me in high school where I was like, what does success look like? And you start to have people that you can point at. Um, So I think that those two things are really key is inspirational aspects and then also like the business aspects too. Do you have any Asian Americans in the media right now that inspire you and like influence you that you can actually point to now? I think I'm always really impressed by just um, Asian American like actors and actresses. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a huge, huge like film and TV fan. And so I think it's so great that there's been such a surge in um, Asian American representation, um, whether it's Daniel Day Kim or like Aquafina and, you know, people who have been around like much longer too, or who have crossed over from mm-hmm. overseas, like Michelle Yeoh is one of my favorites. And so um, I feel like they're also very conscious about speaking out for the Asian American voice and representation and stuff like that. So I think that um, area of entertainment is one I look to a lot um, in terms of just being really impressed and kind of proud too of, um, of the movement there. Just to, out of curiosity and to get to know you a little bit more, yeah. what was your like favorite upcoming or recent Asian American film? Um, what would you recommend? 
so this is not a, okay. I, I would I would actually the first person that comes to mind is I'm a huge Donnie Yen fan. Uh, so I feel like anything that Donnie Yen does, whether it's Eatman or whether it's um, other stuff or um, like or when he crossed over with Star Wars and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a huge fan of his and I think he's way more than just an action star because I think in all the dramatic scenes he has, I think he knocks it out of the park. So I'm always, always hoping that he crosses over and makes a full like American um, kind of presence. So anyways, that's that's who I thought of off the bat. Awesome, so. awesome. Um, who do you like dedicate your music to or like what does dedication mean to you and how do you do it every day to your music? Mm. Yeah, I think that is a really good question. Um, so I would say first for me personally, my faith plays um, a lot into it. And um, so for me, um, I would say like first and foremost, I'm always my, making my music for God and inspired by God. Um, also, I think one thing that is really hard to balance as an artist is I think for a while I was a little bit jaded um, by music in general because um, I think one thing you do as you start to <clears throat> perform and kind of make music for an audience is you start really like making it for what you think people want to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like some people like equate that with selling out, which I think is like a really broad term and not necessarily what I would use because I think it's really hard not naturally not to just naturally when you're writing music to think what would people want to hear and just write that down. Um, at the end of the day, um, when you keep on going down that path, the music doesn't feel like it's yours. And that's something that I definitely struggled with and had to figure out um, over a while. And so um, I think for me, what I realized is that um, I have to make music for me. Um, it has to be real and it has to be true. Um, and. Uh, I think like a byproduct of that is that the people who are like me or the people who can relate to me, um, they're the ones that will be affected um, by it and influenced by it too. Um, but I think music has to be real um, and it has to be um, about your own journey. Um, and so I feel like that's that's what comes to mind for me. In terms of that, when you are writing your music, what determines your content? Like, Do you sometimes try to find a balance between serious topics and more like playful topics? Mm. Um, I feel like that's something, yeah, I mean, I think I go back and forth with that a lot. I would say I, I generally tend towards the more serious stuff. Um, usually just when I'm jotting things down, it tends to be something a little bit more serious. I do think one thing that's changed a little bit is, um, I feel like when I first started out, a lot of the stuff I wrote down was pretty literal, um, which is cool. I think like there's, um, there are a lot of rappers where it's just their style is, very literal, very matter of fact, very real world. Um, and I think that's where I kind of started off. And I think the the more that I kept writing, things have become like a little bit more abstract for me. And so I'm not necessarily writing about like day to day or things that I see, but um, it's a little bit um, maybe more towards abstract poetry, I feel like is what I've gone to. Um, but I also feel like that's something that constantly changes. So, like, what are the main themes in your music in terms of, like, writing? Um, So I feel like anytime I'm writing and whether I put it in a song or not, um, it's very real about struggles. Um, It's very real about um, emotions that I feel like I don't really know how to put into words. And I think that's where the abstractness comes out. Um, A lot of times there's emotions that I'm feeling where... I can't really describe it in words. And so instead what I'll do is kind of paint this like abstract image 
um, that I feel like represents that. And that's kind of my cathartic way of kind of getting that out. Um, but yeah, I think, I think just like real being real about struggles. And I think there's also a lot of notes that I write about with like hope and stuff like that, um, that I think really speaks to what I believe in and also speaks to what I want to preach to myself too. So kind of going back to like product design, how did you find like the perfect balance between product designing and like your passion for music? Yeah. So again, I think that I was really looking for creativity and I didn't really know how to find that in the workplace for a long time. Um, and um, it wasn't until design kind of was exposed to me that it kind of stuck around in my mind. And then I saw an opportunity to, you know, quit my job and do a three month boot camp full time um, to try to get into design. And it was all kind of on a it was all just a leap of faith, right? Uh, because I didn't know exactly what was on the other side or I was just hoping that I would enjoy it. Um, but I really did. And um, it's definitely a different type of creativity. It's creative thinking um, based around some type of prompt or an idea, right? Um, and um, so it's definitely different from, from music for me, but it's still exercising, I think, that same type of muscle. And I think that is um, really what I was looking for. And I'm so, so glad that I did that. Um, and so, yeah, that was a huge thing for me was finding creativity, I think. That's awesome that you can find creativity in both music, but also in your product designing like career. Um, can you talk a little bit more about BC Trail and how, what kind of inspired that and what was your creative process? Wow, so that? you guys did your research, huh? <laughs> um, yeah, so <laughs> Easy Trail was really cool. Um, I think that, um, yeah, in the boot camp when we started um, getting projects that were assigned out, um, there was a lot of like really great projects where you can work um, with groups that are like pretty cutting edge in um, different areas of tech space and whatnot. Um, but for me, I've definitely always had a heart for just designing or creating something that can help people. And so, um, so you know, victims of domestic abuse, when that topic came around, that was something that me and like a lot of my fellow um, friends in the camp just jumped at. Um, and it was definitely a very eye-opening experience. You know, part of the process is doing user interviews for people who would be using the app that we're creating. The app essentially helps, um, you know, victims of, or I should say survivors of domestic abuse. It helps them um, file for restraining orders and whatnot because that process is really complicated, really convoluted. And, you know, part of that process was um, interviewing people um, who were survivors and who had to go through this process before. Um, you know, as a male, um, I wasn't in the room with them, but even just like being outside of the room and talking to my friends who had to interview them and feeling the emotional energy that comes out of that, um, it really continues to humble you and I think um, reset your perspective really on what's going on that you don't see every day. Um, and so again, it just kind of fed this desire to um, use my career and use my music um, in ways that can help people and help the unseen and whatnot. So, would you say that was like your most memorable project that you've worked on? Yeah, definitely. I would definitely say that's the most memorable project, both in the people that we talk to, and I think just in the difference that our actual product um, did for people. Um, so that was definitely a really like fulfilling experience. 
Is that part of your motivation to continue product design? And also, like, what's your motivation to continue music and to continue rapping? Yeah, I think my motivation in product design, um, yeah, I think ultimately, I don't know exactly where it's leading, but um, I do know that the passion that I have for helping people um, expands both to design and music. Um, I think as far as music, again, it, it was a very tricky road to get there because I, I think um, sometimes, if, like I said, if, you, if you're writing for someone else, I feel like your music becomes a little bit less real. But again, I feel like there's a lot of people um, who struggle with a lot of the same things that I do and who need like the same message of hope that I do. Um, and so I think that's where um, being real helps people too. Um, and so, yeah, I would say definitely um, that's one of my inspirations to, to keep on going both with music and design. Should we do like a rapid fire? Yeah, fun question to end it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so if you could have dinner with any musician, dead or alive, who would it be? Any musician. Uh, chance is close, but I'm gonna say Jay Z because he's been around Jay-Z. for so long. Yeah. Right. So, okay, difficult one. Okay. Pho or ramen? Pho. Oh. So it's not that <laughs> difficult for me actually, uh, because I didn't have ramen until I was really, really old. Or I, I was till much later in life, and so for me, anytime someone said ramen, I always thought about just ramen packs. Oh, and so that's why to me, pho was like a restaurant thing. And then when I found out ramen served like you know in restaurant, there was a whole culture behind it. That was actually a mind blowing thing for me. So I love ramen, but it'll always be pho for me. Nice. <laughs> What's your like boba order? Uh, so I'm super plain. So it's always green milk tea, fifty percent sugar, less ice, and maybe less boba too to make myself think I'm being a little bit more health conscious but yeah for those who are struggling you gotta order right there yeah (laughs) yeah that's the most basic health conscious in quotation marks boba order yeah um which boba place would you recommend there's so many for me it's Fantasia um so for me I always my main my main thing is just the ratio of uh milk to tea and I feel like for me, Fantasia has it just right where you can taste the tea and it's strong. And then I get a hint of milk in it. So anyways, that's mine. <laughs> What's your favorite Asian restaurant in the Bay Area? Ooh. Oh, man. I feel like there's so many that are just not coming to mind right now. But I definitely have them. Um, this is a little bit of a cop-out also because I don't know the name of it, but there's a pho place near my house, in, uh, near my parents' house in San Jose, and I say there just because my family, we've been going there for like five years now, and so we go every Saturday, uh, they know our order and everything oh. like that, and so uh, it's just kind of our family restaurant, um, and so I'll say that right now. I'm not sure if these people influence your music, but NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? <laughs> Ooh. Um, I mean, they definitely influenced me when I was like in sixth grade. So uh, I was huge Backstreet Boys. I remember, um, when, I don't remember which CD came out, but I remember when one of the CDs came out, I was begging my cousin who was like 25 at the time to go buy me a CD. And I think he was too embarrassed to walk in and buy a Backstreet Boys CD. So I couldn't get that. Um, I do love NSYNC a lot, but I'm going to say Backstreet Boys. Cool. What's your favorite song? I Want It That Way. I think. Mm. That's just a karaoke classic, mm-hmm. I feel like. So. 
So would that be like your first CD or that you ever got? My first CD I ever got, <laughs> it was a Fatboy Slim uh, <laughs> CD where uh, I remember I was just starting to get into music. I didn't know what music to listen to. And so I just was like, I'll start with techno. And uh, that's when I got Fatboy Slim. So, yeah. Hmm. Another fast question. Can we? <laughs> if you could be any fruit, what would it be? If I could be any fruit, yeah. um, strawberries are like my crack. Uh, <laughs> so I can go through. This is pretty bad, but I can go through like a two-pound box of strawberries in a sitting. Um, so anytime it hits strawberry season, I'm in trouble. So mm-hmm. I'll say strawberries. Do you like eat it by itself? Do you have it with condensed milk? I know my Asian families do that. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so I usually have them by themselves, but if I'm feeling a little bit luxurious, then I'll just put a little whipped cream on the side, and that's oh. about it, though. Yeah, I do that with mangoes. Oh. I love mangoes so much. I can eat, like, five in a day. <laughs> Mango and, mangoes and cream sounds really yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. I think my grandparents eat it with, like, this sauce, like, this salty really spicy one salt salty and spicy yeah interesting i have no idea what it's called though yeah wow. <laughs> all right just to like wrap up what makes you excited slash nervous about showcase um so a little bit nervous just because um well i don't know i th- i think actually one thing that makes me a little bit nervous is um just having you know a limited time for people to have an impression of you um, I feel like, I mean, that's regardless of whether it's this showcase or anywhere else, when you only have like, um, you know, a limited time set or whatnot, it's a little nerve wracking. Um, but at the same time, I think that's also something that's kind of exciting is, um, I'm going to present you with this snapshot of who I am and I'm going to try to be the realist that I am within these five minutes or whatever that I have. Um, and hopefully I can affect you and, um, inspire you within those five minutes. So it's something that's challenging, but it's exciting too. Where can people find your other music so that they can do further research on you or also find other songs? Yeah, so um, I'm actually getting ready to just um, put a CD that, um, or I should say put an album out um, that I've recorded uh, last year um, called New Beginnings, and that'll be on Spotify. Uh, so the name is uh, Chase Blue, C-H-A-S-E-B-L-U, two words. Um, and then um, not great on the social media game, but uh, I'm on Instagram now. So uh, chase.blu um, is also where they can find me. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you. Our gorgeous theme song was written by Bobby Go. You can visit his SoundCloud at Bobby C. Go. That's B-O-B-B-Y-C-G-E. Today's bonus episode was written, directed, produced, and edited by me with special thanks to Desiree Shu. We'll see you next time. Stay golden.